thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I want to give a quick shout out straight to everyone who's listening on podbean.com or on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, this that's where the show began. But many of you have just switched over to YouTube. I have way more uh, viewership on there and viewership on Podbean has gone down. No fear, I'm still going to be on audio podcast. That is the only thing that costs money is to be on podcast. Being on YouTube is free. So there is that. But don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Thank you guys for tuning in on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. I uh, really appreciate uh, you guys subscribing, listening on there. I'm not sure what the statistics are in regards to how many are listening, but I do know this. For all those that are watching on YouTube, I really appreciate all the, the, the views in this season have definitely increased, and I really do appreciate that. Been getting a lot more feedback, a lot more views. That being said, I'm double-checking right now here on YouTube. Only 41.3% of you guys are subscribed that means 58.7% of you are watching the show, but you're not subscribed. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications. I really would appreciate that. It'd be a great way to stay connected with you guys better and to see who is all watching the show and how many viewers that we have. So any love there would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, a couple recommendations I wanted to give to you guys that I have read in January or been reading in January or finished right at the beginning of January. What am I saying? Who knows? Is um, first off, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. For a second there, I thought I said the wrong name. But yes, uh, the, Ru the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. As usual, I don't agree with everything I read pretty much in any book. But this was really good. This is, I'm a really slow reader. I read this fairly quick and it was an immense help. Highly recommend that. If I remember, I'll put a link in the description on Amazon. Great book. Um, we live very busy lives in regards to our soul and our mind. And we don't do a very good job of resting in Jesus. This is a great book, um, and especially in regards to our culture and, and how our brains are programmed. Uh, one other recommendation to you guys is One Perfect Life. And I, I'll i say by John MacArthur, but it's not really by John MacArthur. It, I mean, it has some of his notes in it, some of his commentary notes, but really um, it's a chronological order of the Gospels, com combined chronological order of the Gospels. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all combined into one uh, story. Um, the complete story of Jesus, and it just really inserts and, and combines all those stories. I think it does it really well. So whether uh, for reference uh, or for me, right now I'm using this to read for my morning uh, my morning scripture reading, uh, just going through all the Gospels combined and, and putting it all together. It's been really awesome. The first part of it, the first section of it, I thought was a little choppy, but now that we're really into the Gospels, I think it, it reads really smooth as it combines all those together. I just found that to be a very helpful, helpful tool. And I'll, if once again, if I remember, I'll put that in the links below on YouTube and on Podbean as well for you guys. Well, last week had a very, very much listened to and watched episode, mainly because the name Donald J. Trump was included. So I figured it would gain some attention. I hope that I was clear. I hope that that was understood. 
So today we're going to talk about something completely uncontroversial, COVID-19. <laughs> I just, you know, might as, might as well while I'm on a roll. Um, there's been several people through the months of this that have wondered, you know, as believers, are we living in fear of COVID-19, whether it's wearing masks, whether it's choosing when to gather, when not to gather, when not to attend a service, or should we have a service, or canceling any type of gatherings, all those different aspects that by canceling a gathering or by wearing a mask, are we as believers living in fear? And it's a fair question. Yeah, I really believe that is a fair question. And it's something I had to think through that I had to put my thoughts together. I've been kind of a roller coaster ride of how I've felt about the virus or how we handle it. But at the end of the day, these are some thoughts I put together. I wanted to see what scripture had to say about it. Yes, I went to scripture and I put my thoughts together. And I think this could be very helpful to you, whether you, you, you may think that we're living in fear and, or, you know, someone who thinks that you're living in fear. Uh, however, this may apply to you. If you have any questions, if anything I say in this, in this statement today, and you're like, man, I don't, I think you're missing something here. Um, please uh, leave a note in the comments or email me at the at gmail.com. Are we afraid of COVID-19? Um, we'll often catch ourselves in an echo chamber of ideas and thoughts. I think no one is exempt from that, including me, from any walk of life. Uh, in regards to COVID-19, some live in the echo chamber of this is the worst plague in history. <laughs> While others live in the echo chamber of this virus is just a bad cold or the flu. Doctors, scientists, and history as a whole would overwhelmingly disagree with those extreme positions and thoughts. This does not mean that you can't find a doctor or a Facebook article that will agree with your position. I mean, you could choose to believe whatever you want and then just find people that also believe it. That would be the epitome of living in an echo chamber without ever being willing to have your opinions challenged. I have found myself thinking a variety of thoughts in regards to COVID-19, partly because the initial flow of information about what it was and what it does was honestly very confusing. The masks work or not? Is it dangerous for kids? or not? Does it spread on surfaces or not? And that list goes on and on and on. That being said, and we can't miss this, COVID-19 is a real virus that has caused lifelong damage to some, and as we all know all too well, has killed many. It's not fiction. It's just as real as the flu, which has also caused damage and death to many. COVID-19, as well as the mitigations assumed to slow it, have been politicized. This is greatly unfortunate, as you once again, unfortunately know. For many of us, we have been distracted by the political and social agendas that have accompanied this virus. In the Christian church at large, uh, it's been equally controversial. Some claiming that God commands us to meet virus or no virus. Others have said, God never commanded us to gather together. 
<laughs> once again, two radical and incorrect positions. Uh, if a Christian avoids unnecessary contact with people and opts to wear a mask when gathered with others, is this believer living in fear? Or are they just attempting to love their neighbor? If a Christian ignores all mitigation, knowingly has contact with someone who has COVID-19 but gathers with people anyway, is this believer being faithful and brave? Or are they being selfish? You see, once we strip away the political aspects and the frustrations that we all have in regards to COVID-19 and how it's interrupted our lives, what we're left with is a real virus that literally causes harm and sometimes even death. Maybe it only kills 1% of those who get it. But that 1% matters. My grandmother is part of that 1%. Children who are now orphans because their parents both died from COVID are part of that 1%. And we could go on and on. You may say, well, it just affects people with compromised immune systems. Well, not always. But a lot of times, yes. To which I say people with compromised immune systems matter too. And before I give some real life examples, let's just take a look at what the Bible says. Like I said, I went to scripture because I wanted to have a, a biblical position on this. Galatians 5.14 says this, For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see, to love your neighbor is to follow the ways of Jesus. It is one of the ways we courageously stand for him. Interestingly enough, in the Old Testament law, if someone accidentally killed someone, they were required to go live at a refuge city for an extended period of time. If they were to leave before their time was up, a loved one of the deceased had a right to go avenge their loved one's death. Bottom line, it was not considered first-degree murder, but it was considered murder by negligence. You can see that in Numbers 35, verses 20 through 22 through 28. Um, or if you want something more directly related to our current events from the Old Testament, what about quarantine? That's right. God commanded his people to quarantine. They would quarantine to avoid the spread of infection or disease. This was not looked at as being afraid, but rather honoring God and loving their neighbors. Leviticus 13, Leviticus 14, Numbers 5. We are to love our neighbor as we would love ourselves. We should recognize that accidentally killing someone through negligence is a really big deal. Also, we see that God instituted and used quarantine to protect people from disease. Let us take just a moment to use some other examples of what we do in our modern context to protect people, or at least things that we should do. We drive the speed limit. We wear a seatbelt. We don't text and drive. Once again, things that we should be doing. Do we stop driving because there's a chance it could kill someone? No. We just drive as safe as possible to lower the odds. We would consider this loving our neighbor. We wash our hands to lower the spread of germs and tell our kids not to lick railings. Are we teaching our kids to be fearful? No, we're, we're protecting them and teaching them to love their neighbor. If we hung out with friends for a day in close proximity, and then the next day they call us and say that they're all throwing up and have the flu, we would call the family that we were planning on having over the next night and probably cancel 
Is this radical or silly? (laughs) No, it's simply loving your neighbor. If you know you've had direct contact with someone who has COVID-19, you would be honest with your friends, family, and neighbors. You'd be careful to see if you have any symptoms before going about your business. This isn't political or fearful. It is loving your neighbor. Now, let me give you a hypothetical. What if Christian gatherings of any kind were targeted and made illegal, forcing churches to go underground? If caught, you could spend many years in prison or worse. Now, now keep in mind, this is not a hypothetical for some believers around the world. Would it be a spirit of fear to not post where and when you are meeting on Facebook or wisdom and love for your neighbor? Or... What if on your way to the secret gathering, you realized someone was following you and you thought there was a chance that this person was a spy and trying to report you and everyone in your group? You'd probably circle around, go somewhere else and miss the meeting because you were afraid and unwilling to take a stand for Jesus? No, because you didn't want to bring hurt and suffering to your fellow believers. I got to be honest, COVID-19 is at the very least frustrating and at the very worst devastating. We're still learning more about it. And as believers, we should be doing our best to love our neighbors through it all. We may disagree and come to the table with different presuppositions and that's okay. We just need to be careful not to assume or confuse someone's love with fear. 